Do you ever wonder how great leaders in the community make things happen? When they encounter new unexpected challenges like a pandemic, how do they continue to successfully make an impact? Welcome to That Sounds Terrific, the podcast that connects you with these amazing people. Get insights on what they do to meet their goals. Find out how you can help them in their mission and learn their methods so you can be more successful at what you do. Welcome to That Sounds Terrific with host Nick Koziel. PTSD awareness is the theme for today's podcast. This is Chris Jones. It's going to be a joint podcast with my friend from the Rochester, New York area, Nick Koziel, and his podcast is called That Sounds Terrific, and it really will today. The guest is Sonia Ward, and she is the founder of an organization that trains service dogs for veterans and first responders. It's called EB Semper Training. Now, this joint podcast was recorded live at a training facility in Schenectady. New York. It features two veterans who have graduated from the service dog training program and also features actual training. Let's get on now with the Bo Knows Who is Changing the World. Thank you ladies for being here on our joint effort between Chris Jones and I, Nick Colziel, uh, and that sounds terrific. We're super excited to be here. I have Sonia, Christina, and Gina, Gina. and Ollie is underneath the table. Um, this is a first for me, uh, and that sounds terrific to be, first of all, rec- recording in person and doing a collaborative, collaborative project with uh, Chris Jones. So thanks well, for Nick, it's on. such a pleasure to be here, and I'm glad you asked me to do this. And we just witnessed some, some, some dog training that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Because then we still need some dog training. <laughs> well, that's why we're here to talk more about Ollie and, and how this came about. Um, Sonia, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about this training program and, and, and why you're doing it. Okay. Uh, my name is Sonia Ward. I am the founder of EB Semper Training. Um, I started training dogs when we got our puppy, Lucky, um, and we started training her in puppy class in 2015. Um, and then uh, I volunteered with an organization uh, to train veterans uh, with PTSD to train their dogs as PTSD service dogs. That is how I got started. Um, I ended up volunteering to train, to organize events, uh, to do outreach and fundraising. Um, and that's really uh, the start of my experience with veterans as well as dog training. Now, I left the organization in December of 2018, and I thought that was going to be it. I thought that I would focus on my hobby, which is photography, and uh, then veterans came to me and said, we loved how you're training. Would you be able to help me? And I said, well, uh, I'm not official anymore, (laughs) but I can help you on the side. More and more veterans came. The community was fantastic, um, very very supportive. And so I decided I might as well make it official and start my own organization. And that is how EB Semper Training was founded in January of 2020. So relatively new. Very new. We had one in-person fundraiser, which was in February. It was a trivia night. Uh, We had fantastic success with it. And then COVID shut everything down, including our training facility. So I use 2020 as in outreach, uh, networking, 
uh, and that is how we were able to now have two locations that were given to us in kind donations to be able to train out of. Um, Ray Legier with the Schenectady Armory Center, where we are now, allowed us to train here several times a week. And then the American Legion, I got connected with them through Penny Legier, uh, who's the founder of Arts for Vets. And I connected with her, and then she connected me with the American Legion, um, Joseph East Logo Post in Albany, and we are training there once a week as well. Okay. So you've got two veterans here with us today. Why don't you guys take a chance to you know, introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your experience. My name is Gina Dollarman. Um, I was in the State Guard, which is a volunteer uh, State Defense Force for New York. We do natural disaster relief, humanitarian efforts, uh, any emergency response that the state may have. I was on Hurricane Sandy back in 2012 doing humanitarian effort, and I had realized that my personality had started to change a little bit when I had came home off of that, and I had a couple of other events that had surrounded my PTSD, and I learned what PTSD was through my personality changes, and I ended up on a road that I never thought I'd be on, <laughs> but it's been a learning experience, definitely, and one I'm grateful for. What, what has your dog done for you? Uh, she does buffering for me in crowds. She provides security for me at night. I'm not too comfortable being alone in the evening hours and after hours of coming home, especially if I've been out to come home to an empty house. So she provides some clearance for me in the house to make sure that nobody's done something they weren't supposed to. Um, she also provides panic and anxiety flare-ups for me. She can alert me, or I alert her that, you know, I'm starting to mess with my fingers and self-harm. She alerts me, comes up and distracts me from that behavior, uh, interrupts it. So, she's just been amazing because that's, med medications can't provide that kind of thing. So it's a definite, different element to therapy and to PTSD that I just am forever grateful for. Thank you for your service. Thank you. First of all, we should have started that. Yeah, no, we should have. Let's uh, just, let me do a sincere thank yeah. you for your service. Thank you. Yeah, thank service. you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And, and, you know, just to go off some of the things you were saying, I mean, it's great to have a more natural way to um, do with any kind of uh, thing that's ailing you. Um, and I love Ollie already. I've only you know, been here for a couple <laughs> minutes. So I'm like, oh. She's man. quite the showstopper. Right? <laughs> so. retired in 2017. Um, I suffered some major um, visible and non-visible injuries. Um, as a result, I need to service dogs. So the first training program I had gone through wasn't successful, unfortunately. So um, I found myself with a new dog, and I contacted Sonia, who I remembered from before, and she helped me out like immediately and told me that she just started this organization. So. Pretty much since then, um, we did my training. It went really great. We did the public uh, training, the canine citizen training, um, the urban training. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. And it she was full honors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had my daughter there. Uh, one of my best friends went to the program with me, Blair. Um, we both graduated at the same time. Um, so it was a really good experience. Um, the dog has really helped my quality of life uh, before. I would never really go out in public alone. I didn't want to go even to the grocery store. Um, I just had a lot of like avoidance things. Um, so now, you know, Pepper creates a buffer for me. Um, it helps calm me. Uh, we traveled like all over places that I didn't think I would go. But on an airplane, she goes to my medical appointments, like even like procedures and stuff like that. Um, she's just been awesome. Right now, I'm trying to hone in on her waking up from nightmares because that's a big problem that I have. Um, so we're working on that, but it's been a life changer. Um, I'm really grateful for Sonia. I mean, when I heard what Sonia was doing, um, I definitely you know wanted to come out and, and talk to her and get the word out first. And again, I mean, you were asking me to be brave one more time. You know, we asked you to serve our country and be brave there, and now we're asking you to be brave and share your personal stories. And, you know, Chris and I both really appreciate um, you both on so many levels, and, and you too, Sonia. Um, how do people find you? I, I, I know, like, how they initially found you. But, yes. Like, how, how can you be found? <laughs> <laughs> so, we have a website. It's uh, https uh, semicolon forward slash forward slash ebsempertraining.org. Um, that is I-B-I-S-E-M-P-E-R training.org. Uh, we are also on Facebook at ebsempertraining1. Our Instagram is at uh, eb underscore semper underscore training. Um, we are not on Twitter yet, but that's <laughs> probably going to come. Okay. <laughs> but so those are three ways you can find us. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes for sure too. Right, and then um, so far it's been word of mouth. Uh, I have gotten several calls since we did a press release for our first annual PTSD and service dog awareness ride. Um, we are also in the finishing process of putting together a cookbook. Uh, the cookbook has recipes. We have 76 pages of recipes for uh, that were put together by uh, by our teams, uh, by the people I work with, partner organizations, friends, and family. Uh, we will be selling that hopefully at the ride, which is August 28th. Uh, it's starting at um, the registration is at 10 a.m. Kickstart is at noon at Brunswick Harley Davidson in Troy. Uh, we will have about an hour ride, and we will end at Brunswick Barbecue and Brew. Motorcycle ride. Yes, yeah. motorcycle ride, yes. yes. And if you don't ride, you can still join us. Join us at Brunswick Barbecue and Brew for entertainment, uh, the raffle that we have there, and some good food. And support a good cause. Oh, most definitely. Um, this is obviously a passion yes. for you, and, and you, you realize that it must feel good to wake up every day. And, and know that you're doing that. And, and, and I'm sorry, the names are escaping. Christina. Christine. Christina, uh, you must feel good when you wake up in the morning knowing that you have Sonia to talk to if you need to, and you have the dog to help you. 
yeah, she's like she's been a lot more than a trainer. She's been like a mentor, a friend. Um, we're basically like family again. She's Auntie Sonia to my daughter. Um, she's just an amazing person. Um, I enjoy um, now um, myself, my daughter Lily, and my dog Pepper. We go sometimes to help Pepper and test dogs to different shelters to make sure that their dogs are good with kids and other animals before we try to place them. So. It's been kind of nice to be able to give back and do things that I used to enjoy before I was limited. Wow. Yeah, and that is how EV Semper Training is different from other organizations. We don't breed dogs, we don't um, train the dogs and then hand them over because part of PTSD uh, has to do with anxiety yes. and isolation, depression. So to get the applicants um, out of their comfort zone a little bit, we have four months of closed classroom training. Okay. They are required to come to the eight months program. So they're coming out of their comfort zone to come to me, which is the bravest thing. Mm -hmm. um, so then after four months, we start a little bit going outside with the urban. We are training for the American Kennel Club CGC and CGCU. Yeah. Um, and then we do, after those tests are passed, we do the public access for the last two months of the program. Okay. So you mentioned you breed the dogs. Correct. So how do you get the dogs? Where do they come from? Yes. So we, we train the veterans and the first responders with PTSD, which is the demographic that I train, um, to train their dogs. Um, so they can own a dog. And I will temperament test their pet dog. Uh, if the dog qualifies, we can start training with that dog immediately. If they don't have a dog or their dog does not qualify, I will go to a shelter, which is the Lucky Puppy Rescue in Argyle, and I will um, uh, meet other dogs there that qualify depending on the need of the applicant, and then temperament test the dogs to get a variety and somewhat of a selection of dogs for them to look at. I will ask that the whole family comes if they have another dog or pet to bring that pet, um, and then if they if 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 they sink if everything you know works out, they can take that dog home right then and there. I will pick up the adoption fee and I pay for the training, so there's absolutely no cost to the applicants. And within a week, we start training. So you're saving, you know, other dogs too from shelters, yes. and, and that's yeah. just amazing. Thank so, you. Awesome! Wow, yeah. that's that's a good way to go. Uh, so the the applicant has the dog pretty much from day one. Yes, yes. As soon as they meet the dog, if if everything works out, if the dog is agreeable to the uh, to the person or the family, and the family likes the dog, they get to take the dog home right then and there. So the dog gets used to the family and, yes. the, and the applicant, of course, Yes. before the training starts. Correct. So you, it would be difficult to train day one, I think, wouldn't it? Or would it? You could, but it wouldn't be as effective, effective right? Because um, you want the dog to realize that this is my new home, this is my new so owner to kind of yes to give them time to acclimate to each other. Uh, I right. usually give it about a week, week and a half at the most, and then we start training right off there. I can add to that. Actually, Ollie was adopted from a shelter in December, and then I hadn't even known about Sonia yet. 
And then a friend of mine reached out to me because she knew that I was searching for a service dog provider. And I just adopted Ollie, so I was really scared to call when I had just gotten the dog. The dog's trying to get to know me, and that's exactly what she said. She goes, this is great because you get a couple months to get to know each other and bond. And she goes, I'll come out, I'll tell them to test it with Ollie, and then we'll go from there. And it was a perfect fit all the way around. All three of us bonded over Ollie. It was great. So, so Ollie, Ollie reached your emotions and mind. Absolutely. I, knew, I actually saw her on Facebook, and I said, that's my dog. And I went to the shelter, and I had watched her movements and how she was in tune with other people and with me and who she was going to go to, because I brought a friend of mine as well. And I said, well, the dog goes to you. Obviously, she's not going to be my dog. So <laughs> luckily, Ollie came right out. She came to me, and then she had gone around through the room, and she was in tune with everything. And the, the girl asked me, she goes, well, how do you know? And I said, the dog's just going to be able to read what I want it to do, and I'm going to give it a few commands, just basic commands, and see if she'll go in and how trained she was, and she picked right up on it. So she's been yeah. awesome from day one. Yeah, <laughs> and improving every day. Was that the same thing with Pepper? Um, I had gotten Pepper um, from a mutual friend that was in Texas. So I brought her home with me. Um, Australian Shepherd, which is a very smart breed, um, yeah. very like docile dog. Um, and I wasn't even considering like training her. And then just I said to Sonia, I said, oh, maybe I can train her to be my service dog. Will you help me? Yeah. And she was already starting this thing, and it was kind of amazing because a lot of people that I've met. Um, through different unibore organizations are waiting like a year, if not longer, two years, three years to even get a dog or get the application process or start training. And I've introduced a few um, veterans to Sonia who started training and gotten a dog within like a week or two. Like, Ooh. So she's very, very, very on top of everything. She's very organized. She's just wow. she's like a super you. woman. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It really is. If you research, um, usually a fully trained service dog is anywhere between twenty to forty thousand dollars. If you are a veteran on a fixed income, who can afford that? Also, if you are contacting most dog training organizations that train dogs for you, there's between a two and three year waiting period. And so, if you have PTSD, and I have this bracelet that says 22 a day, which means usually you have 22 veterans a day commit suicide. We have to do something about this. So I said, you know, I don't want veterans or first responders because of COVID to wait that long. It's just irresponsible. So I, I, I commend any dog training program because we all need help. Um, and any help is better than no help. So thank you for anyone that does dog training. However, for me personally, it was important to help veterans and first responders as immediate as I could. So if I have a person reach out, I try to get back with, to them within a 24 hour period. Um, I will then send them information to, uh, if they haven't filled out my application online, to send them to my website, fill out the application, and we will go from there. If they have a dog, then I will meet them to temperament test the dog. If they don't have a dog, I have to do a home visit, so I will make that scheduled. And then once the home visit, sometimes the same day I have had a home visit, and then both the applicant and I 
went to the shelter to pick up the dog. How, how, what kind of percentage on the temperament test have you, there must be, have there been times when it hasn't worked? Um, in, in the previous organization that I worked through, there have been some times that it hasn't worked with me. Um, I usually have certain things that I look for when I temperament test dogs. So any of the dogs that I have looked at, um, there has been one applicant um, that, that decided, okay, uh, I want to wait with the program, sure. but it wasn't because that was the dog. It was just because of the personal situation. Right, right. So um, we really haven't had any washouts. That's great. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> uh, how many, um, I, I don't want to use the word clients. That's the wrong thing. But how many are people, are, are veterans or first responders are you helping? Well, because it is an eight-month program and because we're fairly new, the number is still low. Right. Um, I am currently having about six teams, six or seven teams, yeah. So, yes, yep. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. And two graduates, yeah. yeah. Holly wants some attention, I think. Yeah. Holly wants to ask a question. It's great. Can we ask Holly a question? Yeah, sure. Actually, I can answer for her. When she just jumped up on my chest, uh, just on the video, that's one of her tasks that she provides for me. If she sensed that my anxiety level is going up, <laughs> she applies okay. the heat pressure for me on the chest to kind of prevent that from happening. Uh, so that's one of the things that she's trained for that we did. And the command for that sometimes is to just to go up, and I'll tell her on top of my chest and say up, and she'll come up to me. Um, I've been under quite a bit of stress these past couple of days, and I think she's noticing that my levels have been changing, and she just automatically sensed that, which is That's awesome. great. She's finding her the training. Yeah, we're yeah. awesome. seeing it live. <laughs> In action. In action. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sonia, um, I know there's a lot of different ways that other people can assist your organization, you know, from fundraising to the, from the, the bike. Um, event and things like that, but what are some ways that you really particularly need right right now? Like what kind of services that help you? So uh, the way we get our funding is through fundraisers, donations, and um, um, grants. Those are the three ways that we get our funds. Um, we do fundraisers throughout the year. You can check us out online, both on the website and Facebook. has an uh, events page that you can go to. It shows all the fundraisers that we do. You can participate with that. Checks are always welcome. <laughs> you can mail them to us. Um, and online donations. Uh, both the Facebook page as well as our website has a donation link can donate through that. If you are a General Electric employee, we are on their gift list. Uh, you can select us on the gift list. If you are on Amazon, we are a registered nonprofit on the Amazon list. You go to smile.amazon.com, select EV Semper Training. We also have a wish list. You can look up on any of the items on the wish list and send it directly to us. Um, and then um, 
yeah, grants. If you know of any grants <laughs> and you would like to help us with that, <laughs> that would be always welcome. Or any grant writers that want to come in and help out by uh, volunteering their services with Absolutely. grants. I know how hard that can be. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's an yeah. interesting pivot to that. Um, I was a flight attendant. I've been on the ground for about a year now with the PTSD stuff, and uh, Sonia and I started talking, and I'm actually taking a great writing class now. <laughs> so it's opened up, when you say it opens up a lot of doors and opportunity, it, it can definitely shift how you look at and view your situation. And I've met some phenomenal friends that I never would have met through this. And I think we all bring a unique situation to the table, but it's an understanding that nobody else has with us that we can reach out. And it's almost like a peer group that we have. And we wouldn't have it without Sonia and, and the service dog training. So it's amazing. So I, I, uh, I'm a person that when I see a need, I try to take action. That is how I was raised. So when veterans came to me and said, would you please help us out? We love how you train. Um, I said, after a while, I said, I might as well make this official. And then I don't just do the training. I support them. If there is a need with a situation where uh, an organization is giving uh, a veteran, for example, a hard time about their service dog. It just needs a text or a call. I will be at that location with my ADA pamphlet in the in my hand, and I will say, you know, may I speak to the manager, um, and can we resolve this? And here is the information that you may have not been aware of. And I will uh, advocate not only for my veterans and first responders, but for anyone with PTSD and service dogs, because there's a lot of education that still needs to happen. And there's a lot of unawareness, misconceptions. I have had one person tell me, well, there is no such thing as a service dog other than a seeing eye dog. And I said, that is not correct. There's epilepsy, there's PTSD. Yes, there's a service dog for the deaf and, and, and the um, sight, sight um, service dogs. There's a number, an array of different service dogs that are out there. Yeah, I mean, Sony, you, you're bringing so many people together, like in so many different ways. You brought Chris and I together. I mean, uh, when I first spoke with you on the phone, I was just like, we got to get in front of this. <laughs> and, and, and like, you know, really just tell everybody about all the things that you do, because um, you're sort of that, like, you know, kind of gift from God kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't, don't go that far. No, I, <laughs> I, I started my show. Well, to, to the veterans, yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. I can yeah. actually say, um, when I started researching and my own path of where I was going to be going, um, I had met somebody out there who was training, and I just realized that I wanted to be able to have my dog, and that was one of the things that I wasn't going to be able to do possibly. So reaching out and just finding that resource, because you think that there's only certain resources out there that are willing to step up to the plate and help out, and it's amazing where they come from, and least expected places sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, I started my show because I wanted to find people like you that were making a, a great impact in the community, you know, and, and not doing it to be noticed, really. 
you're uplifting your organization and these women and veterans for what you know they're doing and trying to do in their lives and to thank them really for what they the sacrifices that they made. Yes. So I mean I really do applaud you and I really mean that when I say like I feel like you are like one of those people that are just a gift from God. I mean, how many people will be going to a store with paperwork to say this is why this dog is allowed in your store, you know, like yeah. at all hours of the day or night. Not many. And so I because a lot of that. business owners don't want pets or dogs in right. their store. Right. Yeah. Of any time. And it's educating, right? Yes. yes. Education. They don't know what they they don't know. They um, unfortunately there are people that try to take advantage of the system. And, you know, I know of people in situations that I have been in where like this is a service dog, and it's clear that it wasn't. And you know that's a shame because that harms things like this that are you know really necessary. So yes. so yeah. thank you, you know, again. So thank you, but I I honestly it's it's not. It's not me that needs the attention as much right. as, you know, my, my, my teams are the bravest people I know. And I, it makes me humble to, to be allowed to work with them, to get their trust, um, and to see the changes that happen uh, with the training, with the people as well as with the dogs. So that, that makes it all worth for me is to see the end result and that is why I do what I do it's not for recognition it's not for praise um, it's to change and make their lives better well, you need that conduit you yes. need that highway you need that that transportation device to kind of get them to that level and that's what I think you are and, you know it's great that you know you don't want to be recognized but you also should be right because it's bringing <laughs> It's bringing notice, notice to your organization and notice to the We're company. creating awareness. Yeah. We're helping. We want you. That's why we're here. Yes. And we're going to help push it as we need. I had another question regarding the dogs. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, do you take on people that already have a service dog that is maybe misbehaving or some some such way, or at least to further, I guess, you know, like, do you come on like in the middle of something? Um, that hasn't come across uh, in the future. It may happen that way, uh, but I have not had that happen really. Okay, I, I mean, with with Christina, um, the dog was was trained previously, and there are just different aspects of what Christina was looking for. So we added to the training. Okay. It wasn't really changing the training that the dog already All had. Right, I, was, I was just thinking there might be some questions on that out yep. there somewhere. Yeah. There, there absolutely could, and I, I can add to this, is um, one of the things that they say is you, you can train your own service dog, but there are elements that you just don't understand. I had an emotional support dog before having Ali as a service dog, and I had thought about doing that, but I just felt so far out of my element. I knew what my diagnosis was, I knew what I needed, but I just didn't know how to connect that path. Right. So it's phenomenal. I, I'm sure if somebody started their own path and then got hung up, it's nice to have the resources that are out there. National Service Dog Trainers, but you absolutely can. I'm actually speaking with a friend of mine. She's a, a diabetic. Oh. And she had no idea that diabetics can detect their levels when they go high, they go low, or when they're normal. And if her sugar drops, she may drop and she might not be able to get to the refrigerator to retrieve a bottle of juice or something that up that sugar level so we had a long discussion but i don't think i would have ever had that discussion i've known this girl my whole life but with ollie she sees her on facebook she's interested and now we could share her personal past with our struggles so it might not always be a mental health struggle 
it could be a physical struggle, and then there's that gap or that bridge that these dogs bring to awareness. Very well articulated. Thank you. <laughs> Very well. Yeah, it's amazing what, what dogs are able to detect. Like I know they're training some dogs about cancer and like detecting like diseases and things like that. Um, so when you when you have someone that's interested in your services and they're going through the um, the form and everything, it's all custom to the to the person. Is that what I'm understanding? So um, if a person is interested in the program, they would go to the website, fill out the application. That is the first step. Um, after that, I get notified, I look at the application, and then I get back to the people that respond to me. And um, there are some additional forms uh, that, they're, that, that I'm required to have uh, for legal purposes. So if there's a veteran, I need a copy of the DD-214. Uh, some VAs also have a form that you can uh, download. I will accept those as well for military service. Um, for a first responder, I need some verification that they indeed have been a first responder. Um, and then, uh, like I said, we, we start with the training if, you know, uh, everything else works out. Now, um, I lost my train of thought, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You're talking about, you know, um, individuals that are coming to you that might have all sorts of different um, issues and is, is the program kind of here to them. So yes, so we have, like I said, we train according to the American Kennel Club CGC, CGCU, yeah. and then the public access test. What I haven't mentioned so far is that we also do individual task training according to the individual's uh, disability. So if someone has panic attacks, how does that manifest in, in the applicant? And each applicant, it may be very different manifestation of what the symptoms look like for their anxiety. So we will have that conversation right off the bat. We will train toward that. If they have nightmares, we will train for the dog to wake up someone from a nightmare, which means that the dog will have to be sleeping with them in the room to be aware of that. And if that is the case, then they would, we would train them, for example, for nightmares to jump up on the person's body, to give them the weight, start licking their face to get them to wake up out of the nightmare. And that is how you would interrupt that nightmare to come out of it. That's how you kind of train a service dog for a nightmare scenario, for example. And there are different, like I said, there are different scenarios, different symptoms that comes with PTSD, uh, and you could train, task train, according to their disability. So it's very personalized and I don't I don't publicize, I don't train in public for their disability because that is private. Right. And I feel the applicants are very brave already by making the public aware that there is a disability with the service dog that they have with them. So to me that is the bravest thing. And I applaud them every day that they come for training to make that out, make that public out in the open with their service dog. Uh, but their disability is their own personal right. part, so I don't publicize. I just thought it was important to, to bring that fact out that there is like these individualized trainings as well. Absolutely. Um, for, for specific parts of the PTSD or, or and And that is again where outreach and education comes in because the public is not, you know, I hear a lot, oh, you, you train 
therapy dogs. I'm like, no. So a service dog is different from a therapy dog. Is it different from a support, uh, emotional support animal? Um, an emotional support animal could be any animal. A service animal is either going to be a dog or a miniature horse. Those are the two animals that qualify as a service animal. Emotional, um, I'm sorry, therapy dog. A therapy dog is a dog. Uh, but a therapy dog is there for everyone other than the handler. A therapy dog we'll see in schools uh, during test times. We'll see them in hospitals. Uh, you will see them in elderly homes, in court. If there's a victim that testifies, um, they will be right in the box with the victim to calm them. That is what a therapy dog does. They do service for everyone other than the handler. Emotional support and service dogs, they do the service only for the handler, no one else. That's why when you see a dog with the vest, try to read the vest first. If it says do not talk, do not touch, it is because they are working. If they're out in the public with the vest on, they are working. If you want to pet a dog, always ask before you run up to any dog, and that is service dog or regardless of any dog, always ask the handler first before you can pet any dog. Um, and that um, we, we train for that in class um, because I want my veterans to feel comfortable if someone comes up to them to say yes or no. And then what, what does that look like? So we go out, when we do a public training, we go out and I always inform the people that I ask to train, help us train, um, that if you pet any dog, you pet them from underneath or the side, never on the top. Dogs react to that because they can't see what is above them and it creates fear in them. So always pet a dog from underneath or the side only. Glad you told me that after yes. I pet the dog. <laughs> <laughs> So, my bad about that, Ollie. Sorry. <laughs> so, education is the name of the game. Yes, yes, really yes, yes. absolutely. And and so, um, like I said, you know, with matter of fact, we have an uh, event tomorrow, uh, the Two Ladies Market in Greenville. We are one of their vendors. Uh, we are one of the people that are being highlighted. I have my signs and my table and informational. Um, uh, flyers that I hand out and I will educate the public that is there um, in regards to service dog, emotional support, therapy dog, what the rights are, what some of the things that you should or should not do. That is part of my organization as much as the training. It is equally important, I think. Ladies, if you wanted to say something about Sonia and the, and the training and everything she's done, like what's like maybe the most important thing to you, or the most important impactful thing um, that you would like to share? I can go with that. <laughs> um, one of the things with PTSD that I've realized is that our views change so much when we have PTSD. And a lot of times it's negative views and how we view the world, how we view ourselves, how we view our situation. And the phenomenal thing that happened with Sonia is that my world became so positive. And I always think now, how can I change the situation from a positive, from a negative to a positive? And one of the situations that we're talking about being in training, when I'm out in public, there's I always feel unsafe, I feel guarded, and I don't let my guard down. 
And the nice thing is, is when a little kid and their family comes and says, oh, can I see you're talking about your dog? That's my time to educate, and it's my time to allow myself to let that guard down a little bit and see that positive situation for what it is. So that's where I am forever grateful for that because you get into this isolation bubble and inside your head, a lot of times, and it goes down a very deep, dark path. Yeah. And it's the light at the end of the tunnel sometimes that you need. And you were definitely mine. <laughs> Thank you. Big, bright spotlight. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that glow. She's always smiling. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot to be you know, happy about or thankful. So, yeah. Um, did you have anything you wanted to share? Um, I was kind of piggybacking. I was thinking, like, I felt the same exact way she uh, was describing. Um, basically, it made my world, like, a lot bigger. It opened up a lot of opportunities for me. And um, I was a new mother um, when I got out of the military. And I was worried about my daughter's world becoming like as small as mine had become and I just wanted to break free of that cycle and um, now we've had some amazing experiences thanks to Sonia and the training and you know I don't think my daughter understands the extent of like what a service dog is yet she's only four but um, it's been amazing like as far as she knows she just brings her a little happy doggy everywhere with us and, <laughs> you know um, but yeah it's been awesome it's been a good experience we haven't had any Anything bad happened, it's just definitely um, opened things up a lot more. So, yeah. Now my daughter can have the life she deserves. <laughs> and you too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Christina's actually, I am so proud of her. She, uh, she works out so much and she qualified for the Wounded Warrior team. So she just came back from Texas, from food camp is what I called it. <laughs> it training camp. camp. Training camp. And, uh, and she's going off to Florida uh, later this month, I think it is. September. Yes, to, to uh, participate in the Wounded Warrior Games. Yeah, it's, wow. the, it's the Department of Defense Warrior Games. It's a um, competition with disabled veterans from every branch of service, visible and non-visible injuries, but it's like every branch of service in like eight different countries, so we'll be competing at the ESPN um, Worldwide Sports Center at Disney. ESPN. So it'll be a very big um, event. I, went, I actually went in 2019 also, so this is my second year qualifying, um, so representing the Air Force. So it's a really awesome That's experience. Awesome. Yeah. I smell another road trip we have to do Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're there. <laughs> no, definitely yeah. share with us some of the details. We'd love to yes, kind of blast like that out if, yeah. if you're comfortable with that. Yeah. <laughs> so. I have some pictures. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I said, I am so proud of my teams, everything that they have uh, been able to do. And I am their biggest cheerleader, if I can. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to Texas or Florida. <laughs> Cry, um, but I, you know, anything I will be there supporting them mentally and physically if I can, um, any which way that they need. Awesome. I, mean, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just want to thank you all again. Uh, again, yes. this is brave for for you to come out and share your stories. Um, 
think you're brave every day to, to come out and just, you know, battle um, the education part of the community and trying to get funds. So thank you, ladies, for all that you do, you know, for us as a community um, and for other veterans. And that's a ditto. I mean, yeah. my father was 20 years Air Force. I'm familiar with, with that sort of a lifestyle. He retired from the last my dad was stationed there too. Was he in Plattsburgh? In the Air Force, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, he was kind of lucky. He got Puerto Rico, California, and Plattsburgh. So. <laughs> <laughs> now we have that in common. Right? Yeah, yeah that's where I, I grew up, so I, I saw a lot of that. I was actually in Turkey when I was 10. It was different. Well, thank you, ladies, for everything thank you. That, everything thank you for have done. Thank everything you. that just, I hope your lives are, are moving forward in a positive direction. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. Don't forget to come to the motorcycle ride. Tell us about that again. If you're ready, please do. Let's, let's end on that. Yes, so um, again, uh, the motorcycle ride is for anyone that would like to come and support a great cause. Uh, the benefits, the, the funding goes directly back into the program. Um, we we uh, cover the training, we cover the dog adoption fees, um, and uh, any supplies that we need for the training program, that is where the funding goes to. Um, so if you can, August 28th, that is Saturday, uh, registration for the motorcycles is from 10 to noon. Noon is kickstart. We end at Barbe uh, Brunswick Barbecue and Brew. Both locations are in Troy, New York. Um, and the riders are $20, passengers are 10 uh, we will, again, have lunch at Brunswick Barbecue and Brew. Entertainment, raffles, vendors, you name it, possibly dogs. <laughs> so come and join us, support a great cause, support the local heroes of your community. We would be uh, very, very appreciative. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Christina and I were going to be crowd, so we will be walking around the room buffer left, right, depending on which side we are coming. So just walk around, make our buffer. All right, good, good job. Put her back in a sit, please. Christina's going to be your friendly stranger, so she's going to come up, talk to you. I would like Ollie next to you. So you move. Get her next to you. No, no, no. Facing us. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Back in the sit. Christina is coming to you. She's sitting. She's sitting. <laughs> All right. If she gets up, Christina, walk away, come back when she's back in the sit. Stay. Thank you for joining us in another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Don't forget to check out the show notes 
and our website at thatsoundsterrific.com to find the contact information and the best ways to volunteer with the organizations that we feature. If you know someone that is doing terrific things and think they should be featured in a future episode, be sure to email us their name, contact info, and short description of what they're doing at thatsoundsterrific at gmail.com. If you like our show, give us a five-star rating and give us some social media love by liking our Facebook page, That Sounds Terrific. Follow us on Twitter at Sounds Terrific 2 and Instagram at Sounds Terrific. We love hearing your feedback on how to make our show sound even more terrific. Till next time.